0: Now this coming weekend T.G. Cahill will screen what promises to be a very special documentary on the late musician Dennis Cahill uh, Dennis Cahill Litter Odakara will tell the story of the talented Chicago born guitarist uh, who passed away last year Dennis was a friend and long time musical partner of renowned Claire Fiddler uh, Martin Hayes uh, the two of them uh, formed uh, the band Midnight Court in Chicago in the late 1980s in the mid 90s they came together again to form a highly respected duo before both going on to feature in the well known Irish American supergroup, The Globe and Helen Hayes, Martin's sister, is one of the contributors to the documentary, Dennis Cahill, uh, Litter, uh, Oda Cahill, which will air on TG Carher this Sunday at 9.30 p.m. And uh, Helen is in studio with us now. Good morning to you, Helen. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, this sounds, I was just saying to you off it sounds like a, a very special documentary, just what I've read about it. Um, I, you know, you feature in it and you have seen it. What, what emotions were, were running through your person when you were watching it?
1: Um, I I suppose I realised how private he was so it's kind of ironic and amusing in a way that he's getting so much attention now <laughs> and rightly so that yeah. he should but he was a very very private man um, I would describe him as a very kind and gentle soul and uh, that comes across in in the documentary very strongly um, yeah he was a very very sweet man
0: He seemed from from what I've read about Dennis that you know well known for all the aforementioned uh, musical groups and work with your brother over many decades. But when it was off stage and not in the studio and the guitar was put down, uh, back on its stand uh, himself and uh, and his wife, it just he'd just go about his normal everyday life and would barely you barely know he was a musician
1: absolutely yeah um, he loved um, lots of jokes uh, and he loved watching comedies he also was very very interested in politics so in downtime and especially when he'd be in mahara that would be, we'd be talking around the table it would be usually funny stories and, and politics mainly how
0: did you uh, get to know Dennis? I mean, I mentioned you know he he formed Midnight Court with your brother in the the eighties, but that was when they were over in Chicago. Then your brother spent many years in Seattle. Yeah. What, was it really when they became a duo in the 90s and started touring and he was using Claire as a kind of a base in between travelling that you got to know him? Well,
1: I actually lived with Dennis for about six months in Chicago, so we shared okay. it <laughs> <But laughs> <laughs> And I can honestly say I didn't know much about him after that six months because he kept to himself. But he was, um, yeah, I probably got, more, got to know him more as he started coming back to Ireland. And uh, I suppose... Uh, Count Clare was his second home, you know, and uh, so he would have spent all his summers, basically, from 95 on in Ireland. So, and of course, other times of the year. So he would stay at home in Mahara. So I would have got to know him better, I suppose. Uh, you know, he it took him, it took a long time to get to know Dennis, I would think. That's how I'd describe it's kind it. Kind of a very reserved character. Yeah just a very quiet person you know very mm. yeah reserved and very private so it would take more take a while to get through the that barrier a little bit.
0: I'm sure people have guessed who who maybe aren't too familiar with Dennis from his name uh, that uh, there's an Irish connection there and maybe his parents would be none too pleased to find that Clare was kind of his base given that they were uh, from the Gwale, talked in Kerry. Why wasn't he making the kingdom his base?
1: Well, (laughs) I think perhaps he didn't visit there very often at the start. It was Hmm. only very much in the latter years that he kind of found his connection there. Um, so, uh, I, well, he had no choice to make Claire his home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Between you and Martin, he was strong-armed yeah, into it. He was. He hadn't a choice in the
1: matter. <laughs> I, but he was very much at home there, you know, so... And he had a lot of friends around the, the area, and he used to come into the Fecal Festival every year. So he got to know the locals. And so, yeah, it he, he was just, it was easy for him there, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it was in particular when, you know, himself and Martin branched out themselves that. Things really took off. Them became so well respected. How how did your brother and and Dennis handle that? You know, critical acclaim and large audiences. I was saying to you um, off oh, air. You know, I I did. I was lucky enough to see them once. They played Glore in two thousand and seven, and the place was absolutely jammer. It's just a brilliant gig, but. How did they take all of that?
1: Well, I think um, I think they, you know, they were delighted that it was a success, but, I mean, it was still a hard slog in that regard. But I, I think it was always about the, the concert, the performance. So they, that was how they gauged their success from. Well, each night, every night was a new night, every night was a new challenge. And so, for me, I know that when we'd be coming back after a gig or whatever, it would always be about the gig. It wasn't about where they were... You know what? Let's say had received really. I mean, it was a bonus.
0: All the, all the albums made, and then uh, the, the the gloaming. Uh, it was almost like the the kind of uh, garnered even more headlines. You know, a, a super group. The, yeah. the, you know, you hear that phrase. You think of like I don't know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, or whoever. Um, again, even more praise, more acclaim for the couple of albums that they made. Um, but again, did they just kind of take that in their stride, or were they, you know was it? were they a bit taken aback by how much it was Um, received
1: I I don't think were. I think they did take it in their stride I I, again as I say and I know it might sound that it's not true but it is true every time it was about the gig and that was the focus I mean I'm sure they were delighted that they had you know got success I mean more success means more travel more work and that other side of things so they were always on the road I think they you know they he, Martin and Dennis didn't know any other life when he'd been on the road. So it didn't really matter what the or what gigs they were going mm. to. It was the fact that they were touring all the time and, and getting to do what they wanted to do and play the way they wanted to play.
0: From from talking to, to your brother and Dennis about the music and just listening yourself, what did they feel was special about what they had? And what did you feel was special about what they had as a musical partnership?
1: Um, well, first of all, um, they had a unique style. Um, it was always about the tune, the melody and bringing out the best in that. Um, uh, Dennis had the great capacity to give a lot of space to it. And uh, so it may look like that he wasn't actually doing a lot, but he was doing a lot with, and to make it look like he was doing very little. So, uh, so the tune was the primary focus on that. And then I would say you know the, the strong rhythm sense that he had and um, they just they focused on that I think and just to be able to draw people in and to slow it right down and let people just listen listen to the music uh, even though it could get quite frantic there was no bells and whistles per se it was you know straight ahead Tread yeah. music.
0: Yeah, they didn't have dry ice machines no. or, or, or not <laughs> not remember, stage anyway. lights or anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, off
0: stage, then um, the two of them seemed to be so so tight. They had a, yeah, I mentioned they had a musical connection, but they 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 seemed to have a connection beyond that as people.
1: Um, I. I suppose they were like brothers in a way I mean they would give each other a lot of space so it wasn't that they were on top of each other that way but um, yeah they, I would consider it like a brotherly relationship they um, There was a lot of trust on both sides, you know, and again, their focus was on putting the best performance out. So, you know, I I remember them, I remember Dennis would get quite worked up around some of the home gigs Mm. because he'd understand how, how he felt how important it was to put on a good show for that. So, but they were very close. I mean, they travelled the world together. Uh, It was a huge loss. It was a loss to all the family, but particularly and obviously to his wife and and to to clean up but uh, also to Martin it was a partnership that had lasted a long time
0: Did it was it something that you had all been aware of for some time or did it come suddenly Well the the
1: decline was happening I suppose over a Probably a two-year period, and because um, he was so young, was he six, was just sixty-eight when he, yeah, when he passed. Yeah, he was, and looked young and was young in his way. But um, yeah, you see, it wasn't. It was kind of in just at the end of COVID, so there, we had no music for about a year and a half or more. So, from that point of view, it had kind of faded. You know, it had faded away a little bit. And so, from that point, we didn't really know how bad. I didn't know how bad he was per se, but um, yeah, it it, it, probably two year decline really.
0: How yeah, you don't have to go into too much detail, but how uh, how has your brother and you taken the loss of someone you've known for? So long for you know the bones of forty years, and your brother played with him for so long as well to 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 have that space, gone, you know, the person gone in your life? Well,
1: I mean, I suppose it's like any um, grief process. You just go through it as you go through it and how you find it. I mean, the thing about this is that you have great memories, uh, great experiences. And thankfully, I was able to go to a lot of the gigs. And and, um, so I've experienced that. And so to me, I'm full of gratitude for that. Mm. And, um, you know, he has a legacy there. And this, this documentary is a very fitting legacy to him as well. And so from that point of view, you know, he's at reach a, a lot of times in a tangible way. You can listen to him and and, and hear it. And I suppose that helps from that point of view.
0: I, I'm kind of guessing from what you've, the, the sense you've given us of Dennis, that um, He's not someone who would uh, take to having documentaries made about his life. No, it's so funny! He'd <laughs> be the last person to watch uh, he, it. he
1: never spoke on stage. If he did, it was just usually to, usually to crack a, a very quick joke. Uh, so he was, uh, yeah. It's a, and I can honestly say, having lived with him, <laughs> he was the most private man I've ever known.
0: <laughs> so maybe when, when he stayed in Clare and Mara, did that, did that really suit him? Just a, a quiet, a quiet life, you know, tip around, uh, play the guitar yeah. and pizza quite?
1: Yes, I think he quite enjoyed the isolation. Now, I think he was a bit freaked out by the isolation <laughs> at the same point because he was in the middle of what he would consider nowhere and he was a city boy. Yeah. But um, I think he became he more accustomed to it and it was a great place for him to play his music uninterrupted. And just, I mean, the pace of life was so different in Imara for him and my mum and dad were there at the time as well. So, you know, it was, he was kind of more involved in the the normal run of the day with the farm and everything. else not saying now that he was doing any farming, but
0: <laughs> no, did, I don't imagine rolling the sleeves up <laughs> there, milking well, the, cow- <laughs> the cows. <laughs> no,
1: no, that was no. He was definitely a city boy from that point of view. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, it sounds like a, a wonderful and fitting tribute uh, to to your friend and to your brother's friend and music, longtime musical partner Dennis Cahill. Later Odakara uh, will be airing on TG Car uh, this uh, coming weekend, this Sunday at nine thirty p.m. Uh, one not to be missed and uh, Helen Hayes thank you so much for joining us I'm sure as you say it was difficult to watch but uplifting at times as well and I'm sure the audience will get that as well and thank you very much for joining us in studio